Hey, let's welcome in Brian Anthony Davis, and he is with Behind the Steel Curtain, also a fine football analyst, CBS Sports Talk Radio, Gordy Sports and more. Good to have you, Brian. It's so great to be here, Gordy. Thank you so much, Coach. We are sponsored by the Golden Corral, located by the Valley Mall, Hagerstown, Maryland. For all of your buffet favorites, you can see them for breakfast, lunch, or dinner. Breakfast is Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I know you can find some goodies there, Brian. Oh, I go crazy there. You know that. You've seen the action, Gordy. Yes. Brian, what is your favorite item at the Golden Corral? I am a huge steak guy, Gordy, and when they take one of those steaks off the grill, I absolutely love it. Remember one year for Easter, I was there on a Friday night and I couldn't have meat, and I took a big one home, and at 12.01, I enjoyed the heck out of it. It was absolutely incredible. Now, I found it interesting that I talked with someone who likes the Golden Corral, but they like the breakfast best of all. You know, I have not spent a lot of time there at breakfast. I'm going to have to do that. So there's a suggestion for you. We are here to talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers. And they had a big signing. They signed T.J. Watt to a new contract and making him the highest paid defensive player. And, again, I don't care how good someone is. I know we're going to differ on this, that it just keeps going, and then there will be someone above him and so on and watching the collapse of professional sports. But you may talk about it. Well, I get absolutely everything that you're saying. The problem is, It's not the players who started it. It's the owners that started it, and you had to beat the next guy. It's like in our business. We've got to beat everybody to a scoop. We've got to be first with everything. So to control the market and to get somebody good, you need to have to pay that kind of money as well. We're seeing this. I'm a huge Pittsburgh Pirates fan, and they don't keep up with the Joneses, and they just get rid of all of their players before they even are good enough to pay. And what happens is you don't have a good product on the field. This team needs a superstar. They need a player that is going to control the game for them on defense, and he has been that guy for them. You know, I would love to have it back to a place where we're looking at players getting $4 million a year, and that's the cap because the last time that the Steelers had the highest-paid player in the league on defense was Rod Woodson back in 1993, and he was making $4.5 million a year, and that was about it, and we were decrying that at the time. But the thing about it is those, those prices just keep on going up, just like they do in your regular supermarket, whether they do on a restaurant menu, whether they do with lumber or anything like that so it keeps on going up and with there being demand if you don't have it then you are not going to be able to keep up the Steelers needed to keep up and they have the guy on defense now the problem is they're going to have to pay a Minka Fitzpatrick to keep keeping up they're going to have to keep paying these guys we're going to see it in Baltimore when they give that contract to Lamar Jackson that's just something that that has been created out of the whole thing the big thing about it, for any Steeler fan that says, I would have not paid a defensive player that much money, I would have not paid anybody that much money, I get it and I agree. But what happens is when they leave, then, you're, then the narrative is the Steelers don't pay anybody. And they're never going to be able to field a team if they don't pay anybody. So there's always going to be that debate on pay. They went and got him the most refreshing thing about it, Gordy, and I want everybody to think about this. He left practice. On Thursday, marched into the Rooney's office, 
and said, you've got a deal. Don't care what my agents say. My agents think I can get more. You've got a deal. Excuse me. I've got to get back to practice. To me, that's a Pittsburgh player. That is the type of guy that, even though he's making a guaranteed $80 million, that's still a guy that you could rally around saying, all right, enough is enough. I'm done with the agents. I just want to play ball. Well, as you suggested and discussed, certainly the owners are the ones that started this all, and it will have a point where it self-destructs. But that being said, you know that I'm a contract and an incentive guy, and the owners are going to find themselves. They don't care about the, I will say, the integrity of the game. And I understand what you said about needing those players, but I'm going to go back to Tampa Bay and what they're able to do and using that as a role model even for their sports. So this is one that overall we agree, but we have the, the difference on this particular situation. Let's go ahead and talk about this big game coming up on Sunday. Pittsburgh visits Buffalo, and you're going to give us your analysis. Well, this is going to be a really interesting game because if you ask me, Josh Allen is becoming one of the premier, if not the premier quarterback in the league. Uh, you know, you still have Patrick Mahomes. You still have other great quarterbacks, but I really love what this guy is doing up there. They've got a very interesting offense with Devin Singletary and Zach Moss at running back. They're a two-headed monster. They're, he's going to get you about 600 yards a year, but you combine that you have a 1,200-yard back. So it doesn't matter. As long as you're getting the production, whether it's one guy or two guys, that is fine. Plus, the change of pace actually even helps. That uh, keeps defenses on their toes. But Stefan Diggs, a guy who I've been watching play since, I mean, since he's been playing prep ball here in Maryland, you know, he is just a phenomenal game changer. When they got him last year, things changed. He had over 1,500 yards receiving eight touchdowns, I believe, and he is, to me, the guy, and if you need to stop somebody, you need to stop Stefan Diggs, because the thing is, if you could take Stefan out of the game, it's going to be a lot easier to control Josh Allen. Josh Allen is good as far as passing and running. He's so dangerous as a mobile quarterback, but the Steelers love to hit quarterbacks, and when they, and you've seen them against running quarterbacks especially Lamar Jackson, they don't do that that poorly against those kind of quarterbacks. They might give up a long run here and there, but they're, they're able to give them a good wallop here and there and uh, control the game a lot better. So if that defense could do what they need to do and stop the build in the secondary as far as keeping those, those uh, receivers at bay, they're going to be in contention to win this game on the offensive side of the ball that's where you're going to see a much different pittsburgh steelers team i had an opportunity to talk to chase claypool the other day in an exclusive interview on behind the still curtain and one thing that he told me is the difference this year between the two offenses of randy feetner and now matt canada is the fact that there's so much more disguise and towards the second half of the year People were figuring out the offense, and there were not many adjustments. So this is all going to be a lot of motion, a lot of disguise. They're going to do stuff to keep you on their toes. Also, with Najee Harris, you have the ability to do play action where you did not before. So look for the middle of the field to be very important. Passes to Najee Harris from Ben Roethlisberger. Passes from Ben Roethlisberger to Pat Fryermuth. 
out of Penn State, and Eric Ebron. Eric Ebron's going to be huge in this game as well. So it's going to be an offensive showcase with two very good defenses as well. Anything can happen. The odds makers are saying that Buffalo is favored in this game. I'm starting to think that the Steelers have a great chance in this game to actually pull the upset, but it is going to be tough because Buffalo is a Super Bowl contender, Gordy. What specifically does Pittsburgh need to do to win the game? They need to get to Josh Allen and keep him at bay. They need to not turn over the ball. And I know you could say that every, every single week in a football game, but last year the Steelers had a, a nice lead on, on they, the Steelers controlled the first half of that game last December. And then they threw that crucial pick six and everything turned. So you keep the ball out of the defense. This is a ball hawking defense. The last couple Sunday nights that they played in 18 and nine, excuse me, in 19 and 20, that the bills were able to take, take advantage of turnovers. So you keep the ball out of their hands. You control the ground with Najee Harris on offense and on defense, you just make sure that that secondary stays very tight on Stephon Diggs. How about a score? I'm being a little bit pessimistic here, and I'm not. I'm an optimistic guy. I just have seen this movie before, Gordy. I'm thinking that the Steelers lose this game 30-24, to but in January it's a different story with the Steelers taking the rematch in the playoffs. So I'm going to contend with that movie that I'm playing in my head and say that it does not kill you to lose in week one. We've seen that in 1997, 1994, 2000, uh, excuse me, not 2007, 2004. We've seen that in years where the Steelers have lost at the beginning of the year and come back and went to the Super Bowl or went to the AFC Championship game and contended. So that's a possibility. You do not have to win game one. It just helps for the momentum and to keep going. But I'm going to go say Buffalo 30, Pittsburgh 24. But my arrow of confidence is pointing up, and I might change that. But since I've already been on record, i got to keep with it. We compliment you on your honesty. Actually, earlier this week, I included you with other analysts and coaches. I talked about who we have on Gordy Sports and more as far as all are brutally honest. And I mentioned you as part of even being, although you're certainly with the Steelers, nonetheless, you are very honest, and we appreciate that. Let's look at our game last night. Just your brief comment, Tampa Bay 31, Dallas 29. Kicking can kill you, my goodness. Greg Zerlin is uh, taking responsibility for that game right now. That That's a shame because those two misses have, well, killed them in this game. Tampa still has the magic. Gronk is still can do what he does. He made an amazing adjustment at the end of the second half where he was just a block, and he he saw what was going on around him, was able to get open because he saw things breaking down and caught that touchdown pass. So that was a big difference in the game. Once again, officials, it's driving me crazy because officials cost Dallas that game as well late in the game. Now, everything cost you the game because it's not just one play, but that was egregious as far as the uh, what should have been a uh, offensive pass interference on Chris Godwin was not, and that completely changed the game with the field goal. But the champs found a way to win the game. 
I am right now declaring war on Tampa Bay. I I just don't want to see them win because I'm getting worried that they're just turning into a magical team and they're finding ways to win a la Brady. I mean, it seems like he continues to do that thing where uh, even at age 44, it's just like, hey, all right, kidding around is over. It's time to win. Let's look at some regional games for this weekend. Let's take a look. We have Philadelphia at Atlanta. Your brief analysis. My brief analysis on that game is I have no clue. And I've been looking at this game. And when I had to make my picks early in the week, I'm like, this is one for the birds, I guess, because you've got the Falcons and the Eagles. But the thing about this, I just don't know with those offenses on that team the running game just does, seems to be disarray, in disarray with both of them. I don't know what you have on the quarterback end as far as Jalen Hurts goes. I don't know about that offense in Philadelphia, but I saw some signs of brilliance when they played Pittsburgh a couple of weeks ago So in the preseason, so I'm really not sure. I would think that Atlanta would be the favorite being at home and still having the magic of Matt Ryan, but Matt Ryan does not have a lot around him with the exception of Kyle Pitts, the rookie, fourth pick overall from Florida. So it's going to be a very interesting game. This could be one of those games, almost like last year in the opener when Philly played Washington, where you could could find a team completely doing what you don't expect them to do and start shaping their season that way. So this is a very important game. I just don't know with these two teams, because right now they're considered to be on the lower echelon of the NFC. I appreciate what you used the word shaping, because as you just said with the Steelers, it's nice to win a first game. I think it's very important for one of these teams to win the first game because you are shaping your team. Both of these teams are essentially rebuilding, and we have... Atlanta, and I alluded to, they do not have the receivers they used to have. No. Julio Jones is gone. Sanu's gone. I mean, they still do have Calvin Ridley, though. That's that's another guy, but I don't know even how healthy Ridley is. Let's go to the nation's capital, L.A. Chargers at the Washington football team. The L.A. Chargers are one of my favorite teams as far as uh, to look at as a future juggernaut. I love Justin Herbert. I like what they're we're doing as far as cleaning up their offensive line. They've got their receivers in Keenan Allen and Mike Mike Williams as well. This is a very interesting team. Austin Eckler, he's uh, you know your fantasy football darling right now. He's uh, a little guy. They like those little guys as far as you know receivers out of the backfield. I just think this is going to be a very good team. But, once again, when they travel cross-country, they lose a little bit. Um, all West Coast teams lose a little bit on the 1 o'clock game, and it's going to be very interesting. You still have a very good Washington football team defense. It just depends on offense, what you're going to get, what kind of firepower you're going to get out of Mr. Ryan Fitzpatrick. Are you going to get that Fitz magic back? And it is definitely possible because this is a guy that continues to do it year after year, unassuming, but he can put up 300 and some yards in a game just like that. And with Terry McLaurin there, 
guys that know how to catch the football. Now you have Antonio Gibson as your running back. They have more firepower than they have. I think the Washington football team could surprise you, especially with a coach as smart and as cunning as Ron Rivera. Final game, Baltimore at Vegas, baby. Man, I tell you what, I never, <laughs> I never thought I would say this, but gosh, do I feel bad for the Baltimore Ravens because I'm not a guy that that uh, roots for a team to lose a player. How may, I mean, gosh, what kind of deal with the devil did they make that is now being cashed in because everybody is going down with ACLs? Yes. You lose Gus Edwards yesterday. Then you turn around, and even a bigger deal than Gus Edwards, to me, is losing Marcus Peters, who is one of my least favorite players in the league. But, my gosh, he is fantastic. Gives the Steelers fits, but he's so good. As a Steeler fan, I want to beat the Baltimore Ravens straight up, head-to-head, full strength. But with this being said, they're going. the Vegas team is they're a weird team, but they in Vegas they have enough firepower. They have a former Raven and Darren Waller that is tearing things up as one of the best tight ends in the league right now. Derek Carr could make things happen. Josh Jacobs makes things happen. This is going to be really a fantastic football game as far as viewing because you still have a guy like Lamar Jackson that could take the game into his own hands. And Mark Andrews, who just signed that new contract, he's a guy that if they connect over the middle, over and over, there's really no stopping them either. So even though the Ravens are hurting right now, I am not counting them out for the 2021 season, and that's really hard for me to do because, once again, I live in Maryland. Not my favorite team. In fact, not my favorite anything. Well said, Brian Anthony Davis. Let's play our national day. Today is National TV Dinner Day. I have not had a TV dinner in a long time, but I got to tell you, there was a time in the mid '80s where I was loving TV dinners. Now I wasn't like a hungry man type of guy, but I was. I like those uh, the, the little pasta dishes that you can go ahead and, and peel off the corner. And and in the '80s, I I started doing those and like the French bread supreme pizzas from like Stouffer's. That was my thing. Well, certainly, they have kept the name. The types have changed, and there are various ones out there. But your question, multiple choice, is going to be which brand is the most popular in the U.S. as we speak? Is it Banquet? Is it Stauffer's? Is it Marie Callender's? Is it Healthy Choice? I would actually say that it's Healthy Choice. It is Stauffer's. Stauffer's. Now, Banquet, to help educate younger teammates and so on that's the original and first coming out with the metal tray okay in the 1950s right 1953 swanson had developed a meal but banquet gets the credit for the tv dinner that that is absolutely amazing i thought hungry man would be in there too hungry man is actually made by swanson ah there you go remember we're going by manufacturers not by the type Ah, I see. Okay. Now, your second question. Yesterday was National Food Day, another favorite of Brian's. And this is any kind of food you could have had yesterday. You're celebrating. So your question is, what is the most popular food item in the United States as we speak? Multiple choice. Is it French fries? Is it the hamburger? Is it mashed potatoes? 
Is it the grilled cheese sandwich? I'm going to go with French fries. French fries comes in at number two, Brian. Hmm. So I, I would not think that it would be grilled cheese, so I'll have to go with hamburger. Grilled cheese comes in at four. The hamburger comes in at three. Mashed potatoes, number one. Really? Hmm. You like mashed potatoes? Yeah, I've... I, uh, it's not my favorite thing. I love them. I'll eat a bunch of them, but I, I put a lot of butter on it, and that, that's not good for me. But I've—I uh, was never huge on mashed potatoes as a kid, and so I like it a little bit more now. Now that I've discovered gravy, but I just find that hard to believe that, especially with picky children out there like my son and like me back in the seventies uh, and eighties, that that's number one. Wow. You can enjoy that and many other things at the Golden Corral. Fantastic. I know I can get all of those things. It looks like I need to take a trip down there. We encourage that, and we look forward to speaking with you next week. Have a very good weekend. Go Steelers. All right. Thank you so much, Gordy. Go Steelers. You're welcome.